circle and you are um you are now vaccine approved. Uh, well okay yeah that was my big bit of news <laughs> you valded me um yeah i've been vaxxed folks i've uh they got me um yeah so well, well hello welcome it's the future is out it's episode six mm-hmm. you know damn they said we never we never make it past three and here we are <laughs> at six doubled it certain people were saying that trust me um yeah what's up i'm good i'm doing well as max said yeah i got my first jab of the vaccine unfortunately my my um my parcel with uh sputnik never arrived so (laughs) i wasn't able to do my sputnik one in each limb um plan but i got a i got the pfizer jab instead Mm. um it was cool surprisingly like well orchestrated where i went um yeah what, a bunch was, of what was it like like what was it like a open yeah no it was chill it was like tent? i went to the like what or was it a, like a like a like a hospital like what was it uh yeah it was like um i went to like a high school or something in fort in uh crown heights Word. and there were like a bunch of like a bunch of like teenagers in the air force who were running things it was sort of like that te- that television show do you <laughs> did you ever see that show um kid town or whatever i don't think so or uh fuck what was it kid nation it was like where they like very stupidly and obviously contrivedly like did like an old western town but it was like (laughs) run by children okay it was like an nbc it was like you know there's like the shit they played after like sunday night football very stupid obviously like yeah i was too busy being a sad kid in my room yeah yeah i caught a few like yeah i caught a bit of it anyway it was like that because like yeah it was all these like air force members i don't know what you call airmen and although they were mostly like chicks and they were like all like air people air people (laughs) they were all like younger than me it was just funny like but anyway yeah so like but they had they were running a tight ship as it were i went in the guy like because like the reason i can get the vaccine is i have a fucked up esophagus condition Mm -hmm. and i take steroid i take a steroid a corticosteroid and I've taken it like my whole life to keep my esophagus essentially from just like closing up on itself, um, which is what you know it's just helped me be keep this cut cut a lithe figure. <laughs> so I'm not even mad about it. But apparently steroids are really bad for you, which also I didn't realize until I realized I was eligible for the vaccine. I was like, hmm. wait, why am I eligible? For this? Seems like an important piece of information for them to have told you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's sort of like I didn't really have an alternative. But yeah, so anyway, I went in. They gave me the job. It was cool um you feeling okay not feeling foggy i'm feeling good i woke up this morning like i got it yesterday afternoon i woke up this morning i felt like i took a fucking fastball to my upper bicep you know like like from randy johnson or something (laughs) but uh other than that i feel great was it swollen or anything or just like dude it's just like the flu shot i mean people are making such a big deal well it's totally fine you heard it here people Go get the vaccine. Go get the vaccine, guys. I can feel my IQ dropping a point <laughs> by point by point. You know, it's going to be like flowers for Algernon by the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> barely be able to string a sentence together. But hey, would you rather, uh, you know, 
know a bunch of five dollar words or uh have COVID. Yeah. Answer me that. Anyway, um so that's cool. That's a little bit of an update. Everything's good with you, Mac. Any news? Yeah, news, man. What is it? Um yeah, just working, just uh I went to a drive in movie this weekend because um, you know, as we mentioned last time, like New York is now you can go to re- regular movies, but um is that officially in in play? I feel like it's like a fair, fair, I think it's fair like ball. either this week or something. Yeah, because I just heard that like Tenet oh, is yeah. like coming back to theaters in New York for the first time. But so no, I just like hung out in a in a car and watched a what was that? I watched Nightmare on Elm Street on uh, the original. No, it was like <laughs> dude, it was like because there's so many of them. It was yeah, actually was like one <laughs> where it was like it was it was the one of the girls that was like in the original movie. It was like her character as an actress like getting sucked back into like the film it was weird oh meta yeah. yeah that's cool they always played it kind of s- like i feel like the f- freddy krueger ones were always like weird they were like the sort of new like they were the new agey ones like compared to like jason and michael myers yeah they always played it a little more like zany well um, it's weird because it's like some of it would be like kind of like serious and like sort of like kind of cool but then all of a sudden when like freddy comes in he's just like this dude from the bronx who's just like hey hey, hey, i got (laughs) you i got you he's like come here bitch and you're like wait what (laughs) i thought we were like (laughs) yeah it does it's a bit of a tone (laughs) switch yeah it's a massive tone switch but it was a good time got to eat some popcorn hang out with the dog and the girl so it's cool right on um, baby for any of you guys just listening, um, this isn't just a podcast where we talk about our days. Um, yeah, let's do the do spiel. <laughs> yeah, this is the future is out. We talk about we talk about the fact that you know there's a sort of a fallacy at play where the future is always something that's yet to come, and yet a lot of the stuff that people talked about, you know, uh, historically or at least when I was growing up about the future is is happening right now in terms of you know robots stalking the streets and you know people knowing everywhere you are every second of the day and 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 cool stuff too like you know uh i don't know Uh, like smart cock rings smart cock rings yeah that yeah that that sense your mood and stuff um algorithmic shopping where you can go into a sephora and they know exactly what i gotta say i've been having i've been having some of the best shopping experiences of my life recently the older i get legit question during covid have you felt like you've been doing more yeah, shopping? Yeah, for sure. I feel like I have too, which is weird. Because, uh, well, I'm like, got to fill the hole. Can't, like, I don't know, go to the bar. Yeah. So I'll, I'll stuff a bunch of retail <laughs> in there. Um, uh, it's I don't know. It's cool, though. Yeah. Um, little update. From we last week, we uh, <laughs> we talked about twerking robots. And um, as, it, as chance would be, literally one day after we recorded – Boston Dynamics, who we talked about, they made the news because um, the NYPD was found yeah, to they have sent like their been, little yeah they sent like a what was it they sent like a robot they to sent go their little rover in because some guys like there was like a rot there some some dudes like went in and kidnapped or like they tied some dudes up and were like r- trying to rob them and I think they were like holding them kidnapped or hostage for a little while um, in the Bronx I don't know if I mentioned that and uh, yeah they 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 fucking they unleashed spot on their asses i don't really know what i don't know just make sure that you know make absolutely sure that it was like safe for them to go in because the one thing you know about police officers is you know you have to baby proof a room before they can (laughs) enter it and you have to put foam on the corners of the tables or else god forbid 
Um, but <laughs> I want to, while we're on the matter, I mean, because we've talked about this last show, so let's just like, jump into this real quick. Sure. And then we have a bunch of other stuff to talk about. But we talked about like the, the, the paintball gun on the, on the, on the, on the dog robot mm-hmm. and how Boston Dynamic got really mad about that. And they, they sort of, you know, huffed and said, uh, this was not a fair representation. Yeah, this is so Spot unfair really because, about. like, how how could we? We would never sell our, you know, our robot to the military sure. or to be used. So, nonetheless, despite all the protestations, you know, of Boston Dynamics, like, we would never, you know, make sell our robots to weapon for the to the military. Um, you know, they're obviously selling it to police <laughs> outfits more and more and more. And one of the things that's brought up is that, like. Boston Dynamics has never been profitable as a company, and mm-hmm. that's why it's sort of been like flopped around like a hot potato from like uh, these several different companies that have owned it. Used to it. be Google, right? Google, yeah. SoftBank, now Hyundai, um, and each company is like, all right, we're gonna like, you know, they have all this cool tech, like we're gonna make make some money, and you know, <laughs> it hasn't materialized. But the one way I think that they've determined that they might make some money is by selling their fucking robots to police departments that right. have a lot of funding and you know are always looking for you know a shiny new toy um so yeah here's a here's a quote real quick from this uh article on defector which is like the old deadspin guys website which is actually really good you should check it out yeah um but anyway after here's a quote after quote <laughs> after acquiring boston dynamics in 2013 google burnt 50 million per year until it sold the company to softbank in 2017 um, the Japanese conglomerate set 150 million on fire per year through a brief stewardship of the robot company spent trying to get them on profitability. When that was a failure, SoftBank sold Boston Dynamics to Hyundai last December. <laughs> um, and in the meantime, like these um, robots haven't actually really been very effective at doing what they're supposed to do, despite like their very like you know she- shiny like choreographed dancing. I have a I have one more quote to read you and then we'll move on, um, which is from the Massachusetts State Police Department. Um, this is like a an email obtained by website one zero that described the yeah. robot's performance and it reads as follows, quote, the police reported that during one of the tests, Spot experienced, quote, front legs panic and then <laughs> toppled over. During another experiment, experiment, Spot paced in place when it encountered an incline. Another time, the police tried to get Spot to walk down some stairs. After a few steps, it started swaying and fell over, quote, for no apparent reason, end quote. In another test, Spot took a, quote, nosedive when it encountered some tall grass. Do you so, know, like, <laughs> they kind of just suck and, yeah. like, don't really even do what they're supposed to do. Do you know what this reminds me of? Is like, do you remember, you ever watched, like, E3, like, for, like, like the video game conference? It was, like, mm-hmm. the thing where people would release new trailers and shit. There was always a fucking thing E3, where, like, baby. The, you would watch like a trailer like a gameplay of like some new game coming out you're like yo that looks so sick and then like a year or two layers the game would come out and it just sucked and it turns out that like it was all just like they patched this Perfectly stuff together core, yeah, as like, like, a, like as like pieces of a jigsaw puzzle with like with like glue taped to it just to make it work for the demo but then like in yeah they cut life, that like sucks. the thinnest like slice that. of something <laughs> to show how it works and then like put it in any other situation and it blows Anyway, so that's just like a quick check back with the uh, you know Boston Dynamics and just the the misadventures of that fucking company um, and all of their technology. But um, we have a few other things to start out today. We have a bit of a loose episode for you. 
Um, but we have several interesting things. Loose fit. You know, we're like the Wrangler jeans of podcasts. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah, no, we got a relaxed cut, straight le- straight leg boot <laughs> cut episode for you guys today. So you can just chill out. You know, maybe lo- loosen your belt, let your gut hang. Light your so crack pipe. Light if hey, whatever whatever suits you, no whatever floats here, you. The future's now. None at all. Except um, for except about technology. All right, so Mac, uh, I guess yeah. The one other thing I wanted to check in with you about is the last time we talked, we went into the trials and travails of the great state of Texas, where you're mm-hmm. from, um, and things were kind of dire down there as a consequence of the weather event um you, how, how are things shaping up i mean how's how's it all going down there with your your friends and family yeah man i mean thank you for asking it's like um yeah for what it's worth like people i know are doing pretty well i think it's like it's this type of thing like we mentioned before where you know there's a subset of the population that's like pretty fucked and recovering from this and will be recovering for a while but for a lot of like you know middle class and upper middle class people it's like it really has just like kind of been back to normal for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not to say that there aren't other issues going on in Texas. Um, you know, like there's still a raging pandemic. Well, yeah, let me ask you about that. So as far as a raging pandemic goes, like, uh, I mean, how, uh, how, how have things been dealing? I mean, have people, people have been getting vaccined or, uh, like, is there, cause I, I have a little, I have a little media hit that I'd like to play. You. Yeah. Well, <laughs> is it from, uh, it w- wouldn't happen to be from our great leader. Well, it? yeah, it is from your great leader. <laughs> so let me just play it for you right now. This is uh, the voice you're about to hear th- are the dulcet tones of Governor Greg Abbott um, of Texas. Let's see what he has to say. State mandates are no longer needed. So today... I'm issuing a new executive order that rescinds most of the earlier executive orders. Effective next Wednesday, all businesses of any type are allowed to open 100%. Wow, (laughs) sick. Yeah, that's what's up. Um, Damn, Greg, you're crazy with it. Yeah, so So let okay. yeah, play insert air horn sound. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't seem super wise to me. I don't know. What do you think? Here's the thing, dude. It's like the the in Grand I haven't like I grew up in Texas and I've been in New York for a while, but like the thing with fucking Greg Abbott is that like Texas has obviously like had a rough go of like the pandemic, but like yeah. because of like, you know, they're not in New York, they don't have like, you know, cities where people are on top of each other, so they benefit from that. But there have been a lot of like issues, especially because like well, New York mainly royally fucked up the pandemic yeah. too. <laughs> but like one of the biggest issues with Texas has been specifically from Greg Abbott because dating back to like last March, he was in this position where it's like on the mass thing, like he would never make a clear statement on like whether or not there was a ban, whether or not you were supposed to use it, and like he would flip flop on it, and it just caused a bunch of like problems, and like there was a whole thing where like a lot like every major city is democratically run in texas but then the state is really conservative and so it's like there was this constant like fucking battle between like the mayors and greg abbott and like now like especially as like people are starting to get everything under wraps it's just like fucking really just like blows the wind out of his sails when he's like clearly doing this for like well okay 
Uh, yeah, I mean, look at I'm just looking at this pencil neck little fucking freak right now. I mean, <laughs> wait, why he's a freak? Cause he's crippled. Is he crippled? Yeah, he's crippled. What? You want to hear a? F- okay. Yeah, well, there's plenty of freaks that are crippled. He's, I mean, he's he's in a wheelchair. Little. He's in a wheelchair. You yeah, can't even tell. He he must have got the FDR treatment. He must have got FDR's team, because he really looks like he's standing behind that podium. If you look closer, he's, you can wow. see his his wheelchair. But so well, good for him. Last well, he's like that Madison Cawthorn freak who's like wears <laughs> he look he wears like an Austrian like hunting outfit and like one of those little hats with the feathers in it, <laughs> and and then like goes to the fucking eagle's nest little tidbit for everyone listening and because jonah i know you'll love this is like this is one of the main reasons why greg greg addicts sucks so much is that like so the reason why he is paralyzed below the waist did he jump into the pool no okay so this the the richest neighborhood in texas and one of the richest ones in the united states is called river oaks and he was i think he was running or biking in that area and like a tree fell and fell on him and broke his legs and <laughs> i don't mean yeah. to laugh that's fucked up though. but why it's that like, was like god was trying to take him out yeah so that was before that was before he was governor <laughs> when he became governor and like he when that happened he sued either i forget who he sued but he sued someone and he got millions of dollars off of it one of the first things he did when he was governor was pass legislation that stopped people being able to like file similar suits like that which is yeah. just like <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that <laughs> rocks, dude. I mean, yeah, he was like, shit, I didn't, that, that worked way too well. God forbid, yeah. Someone's jogging by my property. I mean, that is like, that is the fucking Republican ethos in, in a nutshell is I got mine, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much perfect. But, yeah, I don't know. So, listen, like, I don't want to go too much or too hard on this. Like, whatever. Like, like I said, like, uh, this isn't like a fucking Texas. The Cowboys in Texas are at it again. I mean, New York is is fucking i mean cuomo has has bungled this thing it's about as bad as you possibly could it looks like now that he's embroiled in all this weird sex pest scandals that yeah. might actually you want to go over it a little bit because i feel like cuomo yeah, has had like, talk, the I mean, ultimate about the ultimate fall from he grace, had a bad right? day <laughs> he's had the he's had the ultimate rough week i'm not sure it will matter necessarily because he's so in- entrenched but well for one like he was catching flack, and I felt like he was about to come out the other side of this, but he was catching flack because um, they basically way underreported the amount of people who died in nursing homes right. after Cuomo's administration ordered that like people in nursing homes should just stay there and staff should continue to staff them um, as opposed to like being evacuated or being like put into alternative accommodations that might make them more resilient. Well, they were apparently like, this is like because the, the the attorney general of New York like filed like issued like his investigation against all of that, and apparently like from what I understand, in the heart of like the the fucked up part of the pandemic, they were sending people who were sick like because there weren't enough hospital beds to nursing homes. Yeah, they were and s- infecting yeah. like old people. Yeah, they were. S- yeah, that's correct. Yeah, they were sending people to them as like alternative care facilities, and then just like cluster bombing like. F- uh, you know grandmas and grandpas and they they underreported the fatalities by half and this is at the same time this is why like cuomo came out with a fucking book the gall of this right. bastard i mean he is such a fucking gargoyle he came out with a book about like you know cool under fire like some bullshit about leadership during the pandemic just because he was like going on a zoom call and like you know pointing at graphs and like stringing a sentence together in contrast to president trump or er, and we're gonna like, tell you the facts 
folks. Dude, but he was getting fucking sucked off by everyone in the goddamn country. Not, notwithstanding the fact that his own brother, Chris, Chris Cuomo, the CNN guy, right, was like they got to interview each. He got to interview him, and they'd be like, "Oh, mom says you gotta call her more." Yeah, those are and they're so like weird. fucking yakking it up. I'm like, this is disgusting. Like. How do we have the standing to fucking call any other country like a banana republic or whatever, or right. like criticize Venezuela or whatever? We have a fucking the most one of the most powerful officials in the country is being interviewed by his brother on fucking cable news. Yeah, it's so stupid. It was and certainly weird. And like now, like you mentioned before, it's like there's been like I think two or or maybe more at this point like sexual harassment. I think claims there's been three him. separate people who were like that he intimated like you know he got his like you know attractive 24 year old staffer in his office by himself and was like uh what do you think about older men would you ever date one yeah uh, it's uh, <laughs> for what it's worth i you know i think like i don't want to speculate too much on this because it's like i mean it's pretty well reported like yeah pretty thoroughly reported in the news and it's but all these women have made statements saying that like they felt like extremely uncomfortable and like that he was clearly leveraging the power that he had over them in their careers to just explicitly make it clear like i want to fuck you and, like, what well, are you supposed to do in that situation? Granted, yeah. yeah, he didn't put hands on anyone that we know of yet. Um, like, but it's, it's – There a, was something about, like, where he, like, apparently said, like, oh, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it be like, wouldn't it be, like, interesting if we, like, played strip poker? It's, like, it's like yeah. shit like that where it's, that's like – That's just bad boss, creepy yeah. fucking – I mean, that's sexual harassment. I mean, yeah. that's nothing if not sexual harassment. And he should fucking – he should – go up the river for it i mean also i i I want to shed a damn tear over him because he's a total gargoyle and he's mishandled covid the fact that he released that book while i mean new york had the highest death rate i mean we had like we were one of the most devastated states and he got to just like skate away scot-free because of his like you know homilies on a fucking zoom calls that were just like sent up as fucking you know literal like uh, sermons by you know the press because he's like this count he's like the anti-trump because he's like a queens like a tri-state area loudmouth dickhead who isn't like a, he a was trump but wasn't trump you he know? is trump because like, he is like the same type of guy as trump he's like a loudmouth fucking authoritarian authoritarian figure. dickhead yeah. from the fucking tri-state area from from you know you know from the from the new york area who is just like certainly a little bit smarter than trump and like you know has the democratic paint job um but you know he's also been a very right-wing governor i mean he's like tanked a lot of progressive efforts like uh including minimum wage efforts that were that were brought you know to the state legislature so i don't know i hate him so much and uh you know greg abbott you know if if (laughs) he's a he seems like a a pretty big vampire too but let no one accuse me of uh, you know anti-carpet baggery or anti-southern bigotry because greg abbott can roll himself into a fucking lake but you know cuomo can dive in after him for all i care <laughs> um that being said we got a lot more on the docket so let's keep going yeah um what do you want to talk about next mac we have do you want to talk about art yeah let's talk about art um crypto art doesn't that make you just like feel a little yeah, feels, little dirty? It feels yeah, it doesn't feel good to me. Yeah, um, so it's, I'm a, yeah. So specifically, like this is something I sh- I share with Jonah, but this was gaining like a bunch of uh, you know making the media rounds last week a lot. But 
NFTs, non-fungible tokens. You probably maybe seen it around. Essentially, Do not fung. yeah, no fungible. Do not fung. Essentially, like, um, if you've got, if you guys have seen like this meme of like, how would you describe the um, Nine? the cat? cat? Yeah, how would you describe? Dude, it's Nine classic. I mean, if you're like, if you're in the like twenty eighteen to thirty range, thirty five range, you probably, you know, this is probably you have a memory of like being in your mom's basement or something and like logging on to the computer and like going on to like early Facebook and seeing someone post this because it's the cat whose body is a pop tart mm -hmm. and it's like bouncing over the clouds and it has a rainbow like coming out of it as a trail and it's it's Nyan so dumb it's like one of the first dumb memes. and stupid right but now oh, apparently yeah, that cat just sold for almost six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it's fucking dumb. And so but and how it works? Yeah, I mean you were gonna say it, but it's like <laughs> these like these NFTs, right? Essentially. Yeah. Will you why, just explain exactly? Sure. Explain it to me. So like, why Nylon Cat sold for so much was because while it was just a meme, it now like on the blockchain, which is like another word that like kind of sucks to say, but like on the blockchain, um, a non fungible token essentially is like a way. It's essentially like you can think of it like um like a deed to a house or like um something equivalent where it's like this is like an authenticated thing that says like okay there's like infinite amounts of these memes that have been like shared throughout the internet but whoever they made it stamp. yeah yeah so whoever made it now stamp. with this nft there's a way for them to say this is the original nft like this is, or this is the original nylon cat and so it's nyan nyan see damn, i'm a boomer dude. But but yeah, they were able to like uh, like the creator was able to place his token on it, and so since it had like its authenticity, all of a sudden it had this like scarcity and this value because it's like this was the original one, and so that person was able to sell this at an auction for like I said like almost six hundred thousand okay. dollars. My main takeaway from this is that like okay, that's fucking. S I mean, sure, whatever. Like, you get a you get a special gift that is special and distinct from everyone else's because it has like a, a tag on it of nyan cat that's cool i shudder to think who bought this sure who that's has a good the point. money and like would actually do that it must be the most like wretched like gen z or like not gen z i'm sorry sorry gen z like <laughs> millennial guy like reddit speak dude yeah like the martin shkreli that bought yeah like, the like fucking, a shkreli uh, what was it? he bought like figure. the, the well, he bought the wu-tang Wu album yeah which is kind of cool at least like honestly i back to Shkreli, that's that's cool i would but, maybe buy that but, but it's not just it's not just memes though right like they're mm -hmm. like this was uh so now there's nfts for it? everything right like there's people that have been, spent like hundreds of thousands of dollars on video clips of like lebron dunking that this like they like okay this is yeah yeah <laughs> this is just you know i file this exactly to the, my case of and this has been well documented there's so much more money floating around than there's any good use for it i mean there is just so the people who are really wealthy have more money than literally more money than they know what to do with. And that's exemplified by shit like this. I mean, there's no there's more money than there are good investments for it. I mean, right. that's why you had like movie pass, for instance, if right. anyone remembers, which was just a, a, a harebrained scheme from the very get go that was doomed to fail and did within like a year. Well, but it sucked up, uh, you know, a, several tens of millions of dollars in the process movie pass if you weren't lucky enough to get in on that little grift was like <laughs> a subscription where you paid 10 bucks a month and you got to see at first as many movies as you wanted right 
So bear in mind in New York, it could cost like 20 bucks to get a movie ticket. Yeah. For 10 bucks a month, I could go and see like, you know, 10 movies a month if I wanted to and go into any one. And I fucking, I happened to get one. My girlfriend at the time gave it to me as a, as a gift and we milked it, man. And it was amazing. And thing is, it was like a totally doomed business proposition. I mean, it had as a prospectus, it wouldn't have passed, you know, freshman year at, at, at the MBA program at your right. local fucking, you know, community college. But, you know, it got it got a bunch of funding because there's all right. these VCs that are just sitting on so much money. So and, and, and I guess the only reason I bring this up is like. It, it is sort of fucked up and like not to always be this dour person who's like bringing it back to this type of thing but it is sort of grim to just like see people spending like hundreds of thousands of dollars on like oh it's one thing if it's art if it's like an, a painting that you're gonna go put on your wall but like it's just a gif that has like you know a name tag on it that says this is the original one right so i want to dig into it a little I'm bit like, deeper please give that money to um, me because i think it's please worth just give it to me i, I will do cool stuff with it yeah i want to dig into a little deeper but uh, before we do just another couple case points of like of what these things are being used for like mike shinoda who was one of the do love main uh you know the second vocalist of lincoln park um not chester who died rest in peace but That's like he just Chester. came Mike out Shinoda's with a rad, single that was um it's it's on the blockchain and like it's only being sold there and it's worth like a shitload of money some like what do you mean it's worth a shitload of money like bec- it's it it you can bu- you can buy his single the authenticated version and like it's worth um i'm not sure and if then it's like sold can yet, no one else listen to it anymore i think it, i think it's a, it's like that type of thing where it's like there's I think you can listen to it, but it's there's you only just get one, like the special one unique, unique version. So it's like getting a record, but like infinitely less cool. I guess. I mean, well, here's the thing. Right? <laughs> but you can put it on your hard drive and never look at it or see it or yeah. just play it as an MP3 well, that's indistinguishable from anyone else's MP3. I feel like, I mean, that's cool. I feel like, in, like, why I want to get into this, we, we maybe lost a little bit about the description of what this is. And I think, like, I agree that there's, well, can it's, I, it's can dumb. Can I try it's to explain it? And I might be wrong. Sure. Well, you know, you tell me, because here's how I understand it. Like, you get a file, right? I mean, like, a GIF, for instance, like Cat, is a file. It's a GIF file, which right. is a moving image oftentimes, or an MP3 or, or, or a wave or something. And that contains data that when you play it, you know, it does something for you. It plays a song. It shows you an image. And what they can do with, the, with these blockchain-backed, um, uh, I guess, like, NFTs mm-hmm. is that they can assign a token, which because it's non-fungible token is what NFT stands for. Right. And that gets essentially, it's like a brand. It's like branding a donkey, more right. or less, where no other token will ever exist that is unique to this. So that means this specific file, like if I sent this file to you in like, in like via Dropbox right. and it was no longer on my computer and it was on your computer, like it's unique. Like if I made a copy, it wouldn't be the same one. Right. So it has a sort of unique essence in the same way that like if i gave you a, a a print of something and it was labeled like number one right or like the first of ed- edition of a book like that is the first edition right. except so it's essentially the same thing but digitally so like i'm taking the piss out of it and i <laughs> and i won't i won't i won't stop but i understand it and it does make sense somewhat i mean it, it, well no it makes perfect sense i just think it like it seems silly i don't know it just seems so, silly because it's so un- intangible to in go a way you can't like you can't rifle through the pages right. of your nine. I agree. I mean, to go to go to bat for is it a right? little bit. Is that though, right? I think that's generally right. Yeah. I mean, I guess like 
one way of also looking at it is that like before this existed, right? Like if you were sharing, like very conceptually, if you were sharing like an image with somebody, right, that was on the internet, the it, if you share the file with someone else, okay. that you have the exact same thing. Like you have it. Like right, there's yeah, no yeah. way of differentiating it because it is just the same thing. There was no way of being able to trace back to the source what the original was this is a way of like being able to know what the original value was. And I think like why I kind of like, we'll go to bat for a little bit and like, we'll see what happens. Right. But it's like the whole, like if you look at, and we talked about this off, off mic, but with the art like market, right. It's like so much there's like, even with paintings, which I think this like NFTs with gifts and stuff, they're more equatable to like modern art and conceptual art. But even with paintings, right, you can have like the Mona Lisa and you can have another person come and forge it and make it exactly the same. And there's but it people won't be exactly the same as the thing. Like Okay. But there's but there's people who can like who are very talented that can make a similar thing. But the reason why it that is worthless and why the Mona Lisa is priceless a big part of it is because it's the it's the first it's the original one it's the first one like there's no there's no substitute okay, for the well original. Okay, well here's a question. And now, for the Nyan-Cat like gift. with these gifts, with the NFTs, you have the ability to the people who create these things for them to now have a way to have value for it because sure. it's like they made the original. But here's okay, I have two points or questions. One is a question. A is like is the is the Ni- is that like the fir- is the guy who sold the Nyan Cat thing? Is that like the first GIF file? Like, does he still have it from ten but years ago? What I understand is he was the creator, right? Right, but does he have the original file, or does he just like, you know, that I don't know. I because mean, then a, it's like, well, if he just like had it like, you know, uploaded somewhere, he got it from the cloud. Like, you know, what? How do you know this guy didn't just Google Nyan Cat and fucking download it and then just be like, well, I th- I'm sure, I, yeah. From what I understand, <laughs> this is like the original person, right? Right, but like, he's the original person. But is it the original file? And this is where it's different to me because that's like. A, like, when you create a piece of physical media, like the Mona Lisa, if we want to keep using that example, A, it has a sort of temporal thing. It's a materiality. It's exists in space. And each individual brush stroke that was made could have been made differently. I mean, it could have been done any which way. Like, the individual, the pressing, you know, the artist pressing his brush into the canvas, like, a few more psi than not is like a specific choice and that and they all add up to creating an artwork that is unique whereas you know nine cat whatever i mean i'm not denying that there is creativity involved as with all like digital art which is a thing but it's 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 so heavily mediated through these like technologies that just reduce the human thing the human like touch to just input it's like ones and zeros input and therefore it's not as significant to well, me and I, like it yeah. might be cool and interesting but it's like i can it's nowhere well near i can as i and I, as cool I can see as, the point as real as a real as a painting or sculpture or anything i can see the point and like i typically agree that like my personal preference is i am more moved by like a piece of like physical artwork than i am by like a nice. meme or something but i think <laughs> that like at a certain point right it's like there's okay there's a difference in value but like when you get to like a lot of like the absurd valuations of like a lot of art it 
it stops it stops being a one to one pretty quickly because then it really there is a certain amount of value to it but then there's also the additional value of like okay there's a bunch of rich people who have so much demand that want it that that's what drives it over the ceiling well, of that's like, what that's what like anything, the worth that's value and in I anything think that's, it's just but, what people are willing to pay for. sure but i think that's but that's the point right is that with this it's like but there's intrinsic there's value the, and then market okay. value well I think I here say. we're specifically talking about the market value because sure. what's different with like what the problem with like whatever you think of it with like digital media was they never really got to like the makers never really got to fairly be what, have a market out? market value because you can't have a market value if it's if it's not an original you know what I mean and now at yeah least, but let's like, not but also way. like Leonardo da Vinci was not take raking in millions of of you know guilders or whatever for his painting sure but now day. now it is worth that but the right. difference maybe, is if you, you don't know, maybe these if you don't are... if you don't have a, some sort of equivalent of a token even 200 yeah. years from now if nylon cat nylon cat is like a way that like we talk about society there's still no way for that to be <laughs> worth anything okay i do take your point yeah like it's cool i guess it's good that you can have like digital signatures that are durable and last like that is actually kind of cool like if you did real digital art which nine can is not well, but there is I'm like editorializing I mean, but yeah no there is I there's know. like a lot I'm of joking cool there shit is a lot there. of cool shit yeah. out there and it is cool that you can like stamp something in time and space on the, on the web in ones and zeros in a way that is actually like it really is the equivalent of like a signature or like a, almost like a, a, a physical thing so yeah. i'll grant that that is cool to um, your po- to your point though is like and i think this is just the way everything is but like I look at this as like it's a good concept that could help like people making cool art in the future, but kind of like everything else, <laughs> like it's going to be overshadowed by people spending a lot of money on a lot of dumb shit. Like people do that Who in the physical though? space I mean, too. Like, you know, whatever. Like, like it's all dumb shit. I mean, like modern art today is like these fucking Jeff Koons sculptures right. that are just like a, a balloon thing, and it's like seventy-five million dollars. It's like that shit sucks. Like that shit is boring as hell. Super uninteresting just for rich people who have like are philistines have no aesthetic taste at all to like be able to like show off to their friends that they bought a jeff coons thing i mean who fucking cares i mean a lot of it sucks so you're right like granted like it's plays to your point that like you know a lot of art is just bolt stupid bullshit (laughs) isn't actually that cool or interesting and so yeah if you're doing it via gifts and stuff honestly that's even that's much cooler than Jeff Koons, so you should have a way of like cashing out. So God bless, you know. I hope that guy who sold Nine Cat for half a mil is chilling right now. Um, <laughs> you've <laughs> you've won me over. All right, uh, Wack, let's keep going, eh? Yeah, want to talk about? Uh, yeah, what what next? Silicon Valley and uh, their love interests with uh, military, weirdly. With guns and and military, yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, I guess, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about it. The so thing is, you. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I was referencing this like article that I sent over recently where it was saying that like a lot of kind of like up and coming um, U.S. startups are starting to like work with the military. Hot, hot, hot. Yeah, hot startups. Um, <laughs> unicorn startups are starting to work with um, with the U.S. military and like the Department of Defense and um, specifically around like drones and like autonomous vehicles and weapons. And it was interesting because like covering this for a while on my beat was like, um, so there's always, there has been like for a long time, um, the U S military and just government in general has been trying to like wean themselves off of like working with like foreign companies, but that was like exacerbated 
during the Trump years because, like, as many of you know, there was probably, like, you know, this trade war that was, like, targeting a lot of, like, um, China, specifically I mean, Chinese tech specifically, companies. Right? And um, so that's had, like, a real effect. And one of the things is, like, for example, right, like, um, with drones, like, this company called DYI or DJI, they're, like, the world's leading drone company. They actually supplied a lot of like the military's drones but now because they were added to like a blacklist under trump they can't do that Why? anymore because they're, they're chinese in part or i so the ration the, the rationale is that um it's interesting the rationale it's a it's a it, they blacklisted them for like being a national security risk but the rationale was that they were involved in um the the uyghur muslim surveillance and the and like the, the the essentially the concentration concentration camps that happened there, um, but really, I mean, that is somewhat valid. But it was really about like, it was this greater thing of like trying to shore up, get rid of Chinese competition and shore up like U.S. innovation at home. Well, is it? There's one thing. It's like a market thing where like we're trying to beat them out on sure. the market and like be more innovative. But it's also the case that like now that we're like casting around for a new global enemy to orient our just like angry and like you know colicky society against because mm. basically like the united states has always maybe not always but for a long time I and mean, we've really certainly since you know since world war ii we've needed an external enemy to sure. just sort of orient our extremely I mean, I don't want to say fractious because that suggests that it's like individual groups within that are like the problem. And I don't think the fact that the United States is a diverse place is any is at all a problem. But well, we're a pretty military militaristic society. In general, we are. But right? the point is like, that, like, you know, our whole economy, our whole society, certainly for half a century during the Cold War was oriented in this sort of polar struggle right. against the cold against the soviet union and then they collapse and we're like well what the fuck do we do now sure. so we've been sort of looking for new shit and yeah we did the war on terror we got some good juice out of that for the past 20 years but i feel like that's sort of a you know that juice isn't worth the squeeze anymore and it's drying up a, a bit now that everyone's sort of has a bad taste in their yeah. mouth when they think about Iraq and Afghanistan. And I will say it seems quite clear that the we're like the new target is China. And there are economic underpinnings and like reasons why I guess there's like a hegemonic not that I agree with, but that, you know, people want to take on China, even right. though our economies are, are very intertwined intertwined and they're they're not really our opponent so much as we are leaning on each sure. other like in inextricably. But it does seem to me that like yeah the new thing is like hey guys like it's like you know it's like jingling keys in front of your fighting cats it's just like and mm -hmm. then throwing them down the hallway it's like <laughs> you know don't no, 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 don't fight each other like look 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 china yeah. like that seems to be the new thing fair right? enough yeah i do generally agree like on a social commentary level but like at least in terms of this like goes with, with the commentary. with the military there is like I think it, it's a fair point to be made. Right, that it's they like don't if want you're, their if you're, ships if you're building to be a, made if, by China. Right. Yeah. If, if well, that was the point I failed yeah, to make. Yeah. If you're if you're like if you if in some fantasy or like not so fantasy world like you might be in a war with China or anyone else, you don't necessarily want your drones and your weapons to be made by the the person. And I think that's a lot of the ethos. But all to be said, which to be fair is part of the Cold War mentality. I mean, like, because there's no reason why we need to be thinking of china as this like 
future war like adversary in a fucking hot war but i do think there's a lot of totally misguided and and deeply you know nihilistic or just like perverse um thinking that says like we have to go to war with china because or at least do a cold war with them because we need a war we need something because america's always been that way i mean there's a great book by greg grandin who's a former professor of mine who is saying like you know we always relied on the on the frontier you know like for our whole history of this country it's like go west you know it's just like whatever social fractiousness we had you just pump it out to the frontier and like send that energy boil that steam off to like the new frontier and now we're out of frontier it's closed so what's next um regard so yeah pointing regardless of the cause the effect right now is that like there is a glut of like open contracts to be filled with like the u.s military for drones and ai and other like initiatives that used to be filled by chinese companies and now a lot of like upstart like silicon valley groups are like filling that gap and why it's interesting right is because the last couple years like google microsoft like the big tech companies that we talk about a lot they were all interested in like working with like the the government and the military specifically but a bunch of different scandals happen where it's like google workers specifically essentially pressure the company to no longer work with the military the same thing happened with microsoft and so the big tech companies kind of don't really want to touch the military aspect of it but you have directly yeah yeah, not directly i mean they're definitely still involved but you'd have a whole bunch of like startup companies who are saying well we make drones we make ai like we're down and you know one of the one of the people that was featured in this article recently was the dude that found oculus who we talked about recently Mm, um palmer lucky who is like he also is like you know he's he's like a conservative figure sort of like right wing yeah he seems like a libertarian type dude yeah yeah. libertarian i think is good and like he's like a waney he's like a peter Thiel like protege yeah you know and he's done a lot of work with like um surveillance of borders and shit (laughs) right that was one of the darker things in this article too yeah do you want to talk about so there's this article in the new york times that we're referencing a little bit or have been Mm -hmm. um that's about this guy um um palmer lucky um and his new company on that and what's what's the name of it and drill as, as a lord of the rings fan yourself i'm a loader guy uh it's been a while but yeah and which is a sword i think it's i don't i should have looked this up because i forget but it's like a mythical weapon in the in the tolkien universe i thought it was aragon's sword but i could be wrong oh yeah maybe it is yeah. aragon's sword that'd be cool but anyway well palantir is also a fucking that's true. That's Isn't true. Isn't Palantir yeah. from Lord of the Rings? I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, and like, I mean, that's which it's is a so whole great. Conversa- it's like, it's of course, so it's like fucking nerds, dude, who are like <laughs> gonna be. It's just like imagine these like, yeah. There's something sort. Of, I I can't even really put my finger on it, but there's something like uniquely <laughs> insulting about like <laughs> just like you know sci-fi or like fantasy nerds who are like making <laughs> fucking weapon systems, yeah, to blow people up, um, and being like you know like. Or like the next thing that's like oh like and I'm just thinking about an article in five years that's like you'll never believe the Marvel Universe Easter egg that's hidden in our right. new Predator drone ah yeah and before you go like for the listeners like th- th- this guy's company that's named after Lord of the Rings sword like essentially they're making it looks like a big like metal dr- dragonfly it's like the size of my dog right it's like a Labrador size big dog, yeah. and it doesn't have weapons yet but essentially it can like it can track 
people with like um an ai camera from like up to seven football switch, fields though, away yeah, like, and it's like and guess what happens once they're tracked <laughs> yeah what happens to well them? exactly nothing goes, nice yeah <laughs> yeah it goes to the the big the big the big drone upstairs yeah, exactly but but yeah like go ahead sorry i just want no to no no that. no that was very critical i mean i was sort of glossing that but it's true i mean so I don't know. I mean, I, and, and I think let's, let's tie this back to this, what's sort of been a, a running theme in our past few episodes, which is like the Boston Dynamics robot thing. It's like, right. there's all this tech that's happening and it's like, it's kind of exciting and fun. And everyone's like, well, what are you going to use it for? Like, so for what? And then everyone's like, well, you know, have you seen them dancing? And it's just like, well, yeah, we've seen that, but like, you know, what? it's got to cost a lot of money. Like who's buying? Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, check it out like oh look it can jump it can do a backflip and it's just like well what, what are you, who's buying this shit it turns out it's like yeah it's the military i mean it's the military and it's police forces because these are the places that have the money that right. have the funding and also that really can use like stuff like this at the moment um and yeah like you mentioned like a lot of tech people and tech companies sort of shy away from the notion of becoming weapon like weapons contractors like becoming the new raytheon or north of grumman but that is sort of like with the way we're heading like you know you know war isn't fought by tanks anymore it's fought by you know people guys in like air-conditioned trailers in arizona with xbox controllers like sending down hellfire missiles um and it's very tech intensive um what were, what were you gonna say well i'll leave this I, i'll pose this to you as an open question because i think it's interesting um but like like you mentioned right the next wars are n- are not going to be fought with like like there's no reason why the u.s should be spending billions on like new abrams tanks which they have which just sitting in a do. warehouse <laughs> it's like really about like information warfare and with like you know drones and surveillance and spec spec ops people but with that being said, Operators. it's like there is like, you know, both both commercially and militarily, there is like an AI race going on, right? Between like all these different countries. And like, I think, you know, the reason I bring it up is because literally today um, there was this report published by, um, it was funded by the Pentagon two years ago. And it was essentially the whole point of it was to see like where the U S stood in its like AI capabilities for defense. And, um, like the leader of this group was, um, Eric Schmidt, who was like the, um, the former CEO of Google and what they kind of came out with is like this long, it was like this over 700 page report. And they were saying that one, the U S is like still like the quote leader in AI, but they're quickly losing so. <laughs> that ground to like um, China specifically because there's a bunch of innovation and like technological prowess going there. But they recommended like pretty, pretty, pretty explicitly like to like invest more in like autonomous wes- weapon systems in the idea that like this is just the future, whether you like it or not, what other com- countries are doing. So I'm curious like for you, what you think of that as like. I think we both agree that like it's not good that there's autonomous weapon systems, but if this is like just the future of military, like how do you square that? Well, you know? I I I think that absolutely it's anything that the fact that in the United States has been sort of the undisputed global hegemon certainly since the fall of the Soviet Union, um, and that hasn't really been a good thing. Like I don't think things have gotten better as a consequence of that. So I I honestly welcome you know the rising uh, power of places like china i mean i think a multipolar world to use like 
IR speak or whatever is good. I mean, like, I think the United States, I think the world would benefit from the United States drawing back a little bit, being checked in a lot of situations. I mean, our fucking notion of exporting democracy, uh, you know, which has been sort of the the um, gauze that we've wrapped around or like the velvet glove over the mailed fist that we've been using in the Middle mm-hmm. East and elsewhere for the past several decades has not really turned out good results. So, you know, sure, fine, I guess we have to keep up. But this notion that we, like, have to be, like, you know, you know, twisting ourselves into knots and spending all this money to, like, beat the Chinese, it's like, fucking why? Like, why, why do we have to be on top? Like, and what, what, what benefit has that has that netted for any anyone i mean anyone who isn't an executive of one of these companies i mean so i you know i I, i'm one of these people who are like yeah china's and has an autocratic government and a sort of repressive society i mean i would be the first to say that we do too in many ways i mean you wouldn't have uh you know the the protests and the vile response and like super grim response that they met over the summer if you wouldn't if we were in like a totally free society and not to make like you know facile equations of the two i mean there are certain a lot of situations which china is less free than we are i mean using free in air quotes but yeah i I grant that but i really do think that this notion that like you know we just have to be the good guys we have to be out in front we have to be like on top and doming everyone else that's that is so run its course and like you know we have 30 years to demo that type of worldview and that notion and nothing i mean what do we have to show for it man yeah I, I, so you know i'm really not a nationalist in that sense and i don't think and you know you're not going to spook me with like red scare shit i mean not saying you obviously mm-hmm. but just in general like you're not going to spook i'm not going to be spooked about like red scare like oh we got to keep up with china it's like china doesn't want to invade us they don't want to send paratroopers into boise and you know san antonio like they're clearly interested in doing their thing in their part of the world. And I think we would maybe be a healthier country or healthier society and a healthier country as well. If we, you know, we weren't like concerned with straddling the right. entire world with our ambition. So, yeah, I think that's, that's instructive. I, I'm, I mainly bring that to like the listener. I'll leave that for you to sort of think about, because I think it's something worth like considering just because this is something that's talked about a lot and like what you actually think about like what the role is yeah, of military totally. in that I mean, and question. like you know this th- we could i won't go into it because like we can this is something we can talk about forever but yeah. just to leave the listeners my point of view is that like i agree with those say, so same sentiments but it's also like um my general takeaway is that like um the chinese government is just as much as like just has just as many empirical ambitions as the united states does and i think that like with that in mind I'm kind of, I think, a little bit more willing to, like, do the whole go tit for tat than maybe you are. But I think that's, like, uh, worthy for yeah. debate, and, like, you I can, mean, like, differ on it. I but just don't like the notion. I don't know what's gained by it. But I, I take your point. I mean, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about either. But this is just, these are, this is where my gut lies. Um, so, do you want to, what do you want to talk about? Do you want to, should we... You want to take a quick take a break, break and then uh, we'll break. move on to our main topic for today. All right. <laughs> 
That sounds good. Our main topic after we've been talking for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, like we you, said, hey, we loose got a lot fit. For you guys. Listen, I'm wearing right now. I'm wearing. Um, <laughs> it's about thirty percent spandex in my jeans right now. So we're going loose fit today. Loose fit, guys. Pop that belt buckle. Crack another beer. We'll be back in uh, just a little bit. All right. All right. We'll be right back. and we're back we're back um hey everyone little heads up for anyone that's interested we're starting now and maybe for other episodes we're going to be recording this live on clubhouse as well come on over to club come to on our over clubhouse, clubhouse. Um, password is uh, salami nipples <laughs> yeah that's like, the password to get into our clubhouse all right this will always be on the feed and, you know, normal podcast space. But if you want to come listen to us and, like, kind of chime in and we can talk to you on Clubhouse, um, we start our podcast at 830 around that time every time on Tuesday. So if you want to come and say hi or yeah, give your two bits, come say come hi. heckle us <laughs> on Clubhouse. And if you need an invite, just hit me up. I'll send you an invite on Clubhouse. So, yeah, just keep in mind. Hell, yeah. Okay. That's, that's what's up. Um, anyway. So we're back to talk about a few s- few things in the future of work. Um, I work. I, I think when I started this, when we started the podcast, I said I was unemployed, um, which is now only half true because I have a part time job. I don't uh-huh. want to say what it is. Um, it's cool though. I'm just worried about getting fired as a consequence <laughs> of this podcast. So <laughs> we'll keep it under wraps for now. But it's a good job. Um, so I know what it means to work. Are you still getting that unemployment check? I get a ha- I get I do half half my unemployment cuz I work 20 hours a week. That's the max I can work. This company can hire has like money to hire me for. Um and then I get like half my unemployment. Okay. So, it's cool. I'm still living off the teat, you know. I haven't <laughs> I have still have like half a yeah, half a half a lip. Still suckling. I'm still suckling just a wee bit. Um and like many other people, you know, I, I I've I've known known what it is to be precarious. Um, so a, a bit of news came across the transom like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. which is about the pace at which we cover breaking news. That's right. <laughs> That's right, baby. Yeah, the hottest news from two weeks ago on the future is <laughs> out. Um, listen, we're busy. All right, why don't you take a hike if you're upset? Um, but yeah, so that that bit of info is that the United States. God damn it. The United Kingdom Supreme mm. Court. There we go. United Kingdom Supreme Court ruled that Uber drivers are not, as Uber would like to um, have us all believe, you know, independent contractors, but are, in fact, workers for that company, which is may seem like a sort of, you know, you know, uh, splitting hairs, but it is a really important distinction because. In the United States, being an employee versus being a contractor, or in the UK, it's slightly different, but being a worker versus being a contractor, entitles you to a lot of benefits and rights as the former that, as the latter, you have you know no right to. Um, and it basically makes your life a lot more precarious if you're merely a contractor. Um, you don't get things like holiday pay. You don't get things like you know paid time off for, for, or sick leave. 
Um, you're certainly not getting any health care. And in the United States, which is what we're going to be talking about for the most part, but the UK example is an interesting, you know, counterpoint. You don't get, you know, you aren't subject to the federal minimum wage. But um, in the UK, they the Supreme Court came down hard sort of against Uber and against all of these gig um, platforms that are more and more taking over like aspects of the economy that we're familiar with and that we interact with on a day-to-day basis, be it food delivery, um, certainly, you know, livery cabs, things like that. And a lot of other things too. I mean, like yeah. my, my mom for a while was working in like a hospital and like she was like kind of app based where it's like she was interpreting and like, you know, they no would shit. just like, yeah, they would just send out like it was an app and like whoever got the, what was that? What was the app? I forget the name and I probably shouldn't even say if I knew the name, yeah, but it's true. like, <laughs> but, but essentially it would just work where they sent out a ping when it's like they needed someone there and whoever like would get it first got the job and it, it was like pretty fucked because like that doesn't you seem know, like a great way to also like base things that are important like you know doing translation sure. services like you would like to think that the person who's like translating you when you're like receiving a cancer diagnosis isn't like the person who happened to be closest to the hospital <laughs> right well not even closest it's just who is like the most the quickest because like for her right. a lot of the things would be like who like people ran be, the most red lights on their way to the hospital to get there for the well, job just yeah. like people constantly glued to their phone because it's like they had to be like within a millisecond of it yeah. popping up to and get you've it you've seen like the images of like people climbing trees outside of like dispatch centers to get right. like amazon but it's super f- yeah but we'll generally yeah it's like you know like i mean task grab it and all sorts of things there is like the reason why we, we are even talking about this is because like there is a bigger trend in the economy right of like where everything like everything can be gigified to the sense where it's like oh you the individual you're like this personal entrepreneur who is like i've got one app for task rapid i've got one app for delivery driving and like i've got one app for you know like you know streaming myself getting naked or whatever it might be it's like you, you are just essentially <laughs> uh Uh, a polymath that just does all these different gig economies and you know that's how i feel like in the silicon valley lexicon that's how one the people freedom it's the people people who Ah. never work those jobs but create the apps like that's how they would like to think that like this is how it works but as we'll discuss like it's you know usually or at least sometimes not the case but yeah go ahead well no yeah yeah no just lay the groundwork a little bit yeah no everything i yeah everything you said is dead on i mean I think it's, but let's, I mean, the the UK decision is interesting because it was like, basically it came about from essentially like a, a sort of organization of Uber drivers, like a sort of un, not unofficial union, for lack of a better term, that ended up prosecuting this case to the Supreme Court of, of the UK, who ruled unanimously in their favor when all, all was said and done, mm-hmm. um, who were essentially trying to claim that you know, we are workers. Like we are, in, we are integral to the business function of this company, Uber. We're not contractors. Like we, we are employed by this company, as opposed to you know, we're people who are entering in as freelancers to this con- to this company's employ and then leaving it. Like when each individual gig, each individual ride is over. Um, and the distinction, the distinction is quite important because. If you are an employee or a worker that under labor law, you know, that has existed since like the post-war um, and before in certain cases, I mean, but that has been the sort of the post-war order is that if you're a worker, you're entitled to certain privileges, rights and protections, um, you know, enshrined 
by the government and that protect you from maybe the worst impulses of your employer. Among these are, and it differs com- country to country, but like in the UK, there's holiday pay that's guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, in the US, which I think we should r- relegate our discussion to primarily because obviously that's where we are and that's where it's sort of the spite is playing out most, most um, uh, you know, uh, importantly, um, you know, it's are you fed? Are you subject to the federal minimum wage? Right. Um, are you subject to being able to like sue your employer for wrongful termination? Things as that, things like that. Um, and Uber's entire business model has depended on the notion that like none of their drivers actually work for them. They're just like engaging on a contract basis as independent contractors. Yeah, they're entrepreneurs. They're the entrepreneurs, like which means say. that they're not. Uber doesn't owe them jack shit. Like, um, you know, you get sick, you get, you fucking hurt yourself. Like, you need to, you need to leave. Like, you work, maybe you work fifty hours a week, which would entitle you to healthcare at another company. Yeah. You know, Uber doesn't do any of that. It's all about that light footprint. And in the UK, just to like, so we can move on to the mm-hmm. US, so we can stop talking about the UK. Right. Because I hate talking about the UK. God damn um, the UK. God damn the UK. Um, Horrible. You know, dude. they made, they, they ruled unanimously in this, their Supreme Court that, like, yeah, guess what? Because of the fact that Uber, you know, they hold an, a large amount of power, they determine the wage structure. So these were like their reasonings. This was the right. court's reasoning. They determine the pay structure. Uber does unilaterally. They also have the right to, if you're, you know, if your star rating isn't high enough, they can terminate you. They can get rid of you as a driver. Right. Um, there's all these things that are exactly reminiscent of the of the employee employ, employer relationship that made the the UK Supreme Court rule that yes, empl- drivers are. And gig workers, the implication is more broadly, gig workers are employees of the companies, of these tech companies that that employ them. Right. Which means that, like, you know, the sort of light footprint, um, you know, uh, approach that a lot of these companies take is not going to be vi- valid anymore. And they're going to have to pay out. They're going to they're have to take on a big cost of ensuring that these people get to live with the same standards right. of labor protections that the most the rest of us enjoy and like our other shitty jobs so we're gonna dissect just like the gig economy law in a second but before we do i think for the benefit of the listener i think one thing i want to do is like i'm going to put myself like i'm going to be uber for a second and like kind of explain why it is that like give their perspective on this type of thing and then i would like you to respond if you like you're sure, cool yeah, doing yeah, that yeah. but let me go through it for a bit but basically it's like so why if this is so bad why is this even a thing to begin with and i think like what uber says and like not just Uber, but any of the companies involved in gig work is that like in order, if you think of like yourself as a con- customer who's like using Uber, like why is it that there's like whenever you like you can be in New York or you can be in like Ho-Dunk, Alabama, and like there's always going to be like someone within five minutes of you that's able to answer your call it's because like as they would explain it's like most of these people are not full-time workers. They're people who are going about their day and like have the app and get pinged and then they're able to if let me finish and then please respond but it's like they're able to like they're able to like then use the app and log in which uber would say is much different than someone who's like working a full-time job and should be paid during that time because it's like they're not like people are are going through the day and then opting in to like sort of work now where it's different right which i think like 
and we'll get into this is like there's a huge number of well uber drivers are do it like full time and plus right and that's what so uh, please and the notion is not well yeah yeah but like so essentially like as we're going to talk about in a second there's like many states that are trying to pass laws that are considering uber drivers as full-time workers but i think one of the issues that's like time if you're full-time is the thing well not everyone it's not like if you work five hours you're a full-time worker it's like if you work full-time you're full-time if you work part-time you're part-time but you're an employee in either case right well i think the distinction okay but no because i think that's an important no but i know but that's an important thing like the notion that like oh we're trying to make every uber driver a full-time worker who gets who gets health care even though they work five hours a week and like that's that's obfuscation. Okay. So I'm still yeah. Go Uber ahead. Waiting to like. Sorry, say Uber. My thing. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah. Part of the thing is that like, right? It's that there's you know, it's not like not everyone is like a full time worker, and like there are like the, the discrepancy between like being in a place like New York or San Francisco or L A. where it's like if you like take an Uber service, it is the case that for many reasons like most people it is their full-time job that they're doing uber but like in a lot of other places like i would argue like most cities in the united states like people are not like relying on uber for their full-time job and so i think that's like one of the reasons why they're like saying that like they're pushing really hard against like having to give like for example minimum wage protections and like other protections to like why all shouldn't someone employees. know who's working part-time and like podunk get minimum wage though like why shouldn't they be entitled to the minimum wage? No one's saying that if you're working part-time, you get full-time protections. Like, yeah, yeah, even if you work, like I worked part-time at a restaurant my entire life, more or less. I didn't get health care because I wasn't a full-time employee. I wasn't doing 40 hours a week. But I still was like, you know, subject to like labor law. Like if I was put into an un- like an unhealthy or an unsafe like position as an employee, you know, I could have like OSHA protection, for instance, and stuff like that. I mean, this notion that like just because people are working part time or they're doing it casually and at will and in a flexible way means that they shouldn't be subject to, you know, that they shouldn't be classified as employees. I, I mean, it seems like it's it's neither here nor there in my in my view and in the view of, you know, the UK Supreme Court, it seems. And in a lot of, you know, advocacy you know like guilds that represent drivers and stuff but to move it forward not yeah. in the case in california well yeah so in california but this is the perfect example right because like california has a fucked up <laughs> system where they have their propositions which you've probably heard like prop at prop 8 prop 22 prop 22 is the one we're talking about where they basically get to i don't know exactly how things get put on the ballot but when people go to vote in their local elections in California or in state elections or whenever like there is a statewide election or national, there are usually propositions on the ballot that are just plebiscites, i.e. like Brexit style, like, what do you think? Yes or no? And then they just tally up the, the vote. And like, you know, I, you know, that's sort of cool in a way. Yeah. Like, I, I appreciate the direct democracy yeah. aspect of that. Like affirmative I mean, action in California was a prop proposition for yeah the, yeah, for yeah. there's a lot of cool right. shit that has happened in california as a which they voted against did they vote it down yeah <laughs> they yeah, voted well, against prop- <laughs> awesome. for like t- two decades but yeah i mean yeah, side well, point <laughs> no but it's funny but that's the thing right like you know shit gets put on the ballot and then there's it's sort of open season about how much money gets spent in messaging and advertising so prop 22 is something that passed last year i think it passed uh 
in September, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. And what it did was it exempted tech companies from a law that had been passed earlier that year in California that was going to make them have to classify their drivers as employees. Um, so like DoorDashers, fucking whomever, like they were going to have to be considered as employees. And again, this is like if you work part time, you work, you're entitled to part time, whatever, as an employee. I mean, dude, in this country, like being a part time employee or even a full time employee does not entitle you to much. Like you're not exactly living the life of Orion as being a, an employee of a company. Like it's not so much like, you know, it's not gilding you in, you know, some in, in any type of, uh, mithril to keep the, uh, Lord of the Rings reference going, <laughs> but it's something, you know, and they put this, they put this proposition on the ballot. I mean, industry groups that were in uh, that represented Uber and like companies and they put $220 million behind the, advertising campaign to say vote yes on 22 which was essentially saying like let th- the way they phrased it was don't make uber drivers employees like give them re- let them retain the flexibility to work on their terms which also meant like you know don't make us responsible for flexibility them. was the big word right flexibility That's like, that yeah, is like I mean, the that repeating is the f- like the word word but now i mean so it, for what it's worth, it was the most expensive ballot prop ever in California history in terms of the amount of money that was spent on it in terms of advertising um, one way or the other. And almost, yeah, so it was like 220 billion almost or million, I'm sorry, almost a quarter billion was spent to uh, behind the vote yes campaign. Um, and the, um, the, the upshot is that now drivers get a, perks instead of you know what they would traditionally get under um under labor law as employees which include like 100 it's like things like this i mean i believe the specific details included 120 percent of the of the local minimum wage which seems good um it also they were also supposed to get um like an earnings guarantee that they would get like you know if if they're uh, if like the amount of money that they made on their fares didn't add up to x amount that they would be made the difference would be made up by uber but like one of the main caveats was that you know the only time that's that like uber or i mean uber was like the main plaintiff uh, in this sort of situation but it, it, it applies like this this um precedent applies to a lot of other companies like lyft fucking doordash whatever um all the time you spend where you're like working you're out you're not at home you're cruising you're trying to get fucking jobs all the time that's not spent literally with a fare if you're not on your way to pick someone up and you don't have them in the car then they're like then in in the eyes of uber you're not working so all of the money that you spend all of the time that you spend driving around waiting for your next fare all the gas you're burning that is irrelevant so it's like a super like super watered down provision in terms of a benefit or a perk right. and like obviously it prevents people from you know it's just like a classic thing of like you know giving these giving drivers giving you know advocates for these drivers like a little something and just saying like go fucking be happy with that well to add like another little data point in this which i thought is interesting um just to, to talk about right that i think
in like gig work and like how they respond to like prop 22 specifically and like for a multitude of different reasons a lot of them actually were in favor of it i'm sure right yeah, I mean, and like you can chalk that up to like you know there's an argument to be said that like they don't people, we don't we're not a class it. conscious society there was like, a lot of money being put into like tons to, like of money, to like yeah. kind of propagandize like what it was and not make it clear i mean again the most money ever spent on any ballot prop ever in california history but the point remains is that like i think you know there's we say flexibility and it's like worth mentioning because it's like this is something that's been like so like even like gavin newsom right who's like the governor of california was like even mentioning this too about like how he's going to balance like he was talking about how he's going to balance flexibility with like like being an employee and whether it's right or wrong, this is something that's like seep its way into like the the common parlance of like people working the jobs, and it's like it's become like a whole nother issue in itself of like how do you like convince the people who are like working these jobs that like actually know it's like worth it for you to want to be an employee, which is like something to consider, right? I don't know if it's something to consider. I mean, it's just evidence of the fact that like yeah, people have their interests, their like actual class interests are obfuscated and that's like you know that's always been the case especially in the united states and especially in the past 50 years i mean like that's the consequence of having you know the lowest union density we've ever had like people are people are just strictly out for themselves and it's not it's not their fault it's the fact that like we don't have anything better like offered to us so i think people people wouldn't no, but that's the thing like the the specific messaging of like flexibility it's on your terms it's on your terms it's like that's geared and it's and it's it's fucking you know workshop to appeal perfectly to people to think that they're like in control when in fact they're being fucked you know six ways to sunday and and like the one and it's and it's all like really kind of gross like uh you know miss like double speak to, to put a finer point out there because this is the exact ahead. language that's used in a lot of these like these surveys is that like people who work the jobs they say what they specifically like about working uber in these type of different jobs is that they like that they are setting their own schedule no one nothing about being an employee would prohibit right. you but, from setting your own schedule but, but just to go on that it's more, strictly a classification about right. what uber I, I, enti- what you're entitled to as a worker i agree but like so that's but the point the point is though irrelevant. and this is this is the argument that like uber and a bunch of other companies will make is they say that like when they classify people as workers it will have a downstream effect of like you as the consumer will not be able to get like an uber anywhere you are within five minutes yeah and, you won't and that's well, the thing because the you're subject well this th- yeah this is the point i was trying to get at right where it's like it, it is it's a i feel like it's a bigger fundamental business model issue where it's like uber and pretty much all these gig worker gig worker economy businesses the reason why you're able to get an uber not in new york but in a lot of places for like five dollars across the the city is it's not actually worth that much it's worth a lot more but they're all backed by like vc money precisely and like it's an inflated it's value inflated, where it's yes, like you're, exactly. you're you're getting like there what you're paying for is worth a lot more than what you get and so there yes. is some truth to the matter that like yeah if if you do sort of like make it more worth what it is as a consumer you're not going to have the, the same well, great experience and guess but what like Mac, that's like something yeah, you have you're, to like you're, sort you're, of yeah, I, with, you know? I totally agree with you. You're right. And that's something that's so obfuscated and it never comes up in these things is that like 
all of these companies, Uber being a prime example. I mean, dude, I, I'm pretty sure Uber has never been profitable. Mm-hmm. Like, Uber has never turned a profit. By like a big margin. They lose tons of money. I mean, they're just like an incinerator. Like, it's just like feeding pallets of cash into an incinerator. Um, uh, and I guess the, 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 the promise is that eventually they'll become so hegemonic. They'll essentially become a monopoly, in which case they right. can jack up prices and start making a ton of fucking money off people. That's the bet, right? That's yeah. the bet. And the bet is we'll burn money. We'll burn money as, for as long as we can. And eventually we'll corner the market and then we'll just raise prices. So that's always been coming. what's coming around the pike. And you're totally right. Like getting a fucking $3 ride across town, which w- we've all become accustomed to, is just unrealistic. It's not something that should happen. I mean, how could that how could that be true? I mean, how could you look at some guy's time or like someone, you know? I mean, it's not moral, but it's just from strict economic sure. senses. Like it makes no sense. Right. Um and yeah, we're all become used to this like inflated thing because there's like all of this VC money that's just being pumped into these companies to burn and they're losing money. I mean, it's like you would think it make if it if it if it's if it's happening, it makes sense, it makes economic sense. It's not true. Like and I mean, I guess my perspective is that like, yeah, people say like, okay, like, well then, you know, if you do it this way, prices are going to rise for the consumer. And it's just like, maybe it should never, it shouldn't be this way, you know? But you, but you've run yourself into this, like, it's like, it's. Well, that's in a what sense, they've done. The they've bet, got us the hooked on worked, this. Though, in a sense that, like, well, they've they got have us, got they've us, got us addicted like, on these cheap. Less, yeah, I mean, honestly, know? that is funny because that is so that's so pernicious. But you're right because, like, what they've done is they've done like a t- five, ten year loss leader where they've just lost money hand over fist for ten years and gotten everyone used to the fact that you can get a fucking like ten dollar Uber. Yeah to go like all the way across town and then so now no one will no one is used to paying anything more um it's now we're addicted to these like this cheap labor that really is is just being pumped up by just just like it's just being and uber uber is like good to pick on because it's the specific case but i think there's like someone someone else someone else has like made this point and i'm piggybacking off of it but it's a bigger question though like we, we both have amazon Right. And like I use Amazon all the time. And like the fact that that prime delivery, we get it in two days, like it's not worth what we pay for it. But there has been like in tech and just retail and consumerism generally, there is this like mantra that the consumer is always right. And it's like there is like never before has there's been so much emphasis on like the consumer's whims. And, you know, when you, for example, like when you go and get like a $10 sweater at H&M, right? It's not worth $10. Yeah. It's worth so much more. But be, like the focus is on how do we make the consumer's interests like the most important. And the downstream effect of that is that like it, someone else is paying the blunt brunt of that like cost. And well, this is the thing. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, like in the best scenarios and like this is a whole thing, but. People want people who want to like Bernie Sanders, for instance, who's like, oh, look at look at Scandinavia. Like we could just be Sweden and mm-hmm. everything would be good. And they're like, well, why? How is Sweden able to do what they do, w- operating under broadly the same system as us? You know. And honestly, the answer is that they defer the misery that we defer onto our like domestic underclass. They it's it's offshore to the third world. You know. Yeah. I mean, they also really don't the have truth. the same like 
they also don't have the same like fast glitzy things as I mean, we they do. do. They have H and M. I guarantee you, they have H and M in Sweden. Right, but I mean, but as both having spent time in France, for example, right, it's like shipping, like little things, Ship right? Costs of like, more, of yeah. like, it's, it's just not like so, it's not so, so cheap, fast, yeah. not so like yeah, easy. Like this, Let this me, uh, U.S. perspective yeah, right. of like this, like you get your shit right away yeah, and like we're you're gonna dude we're freebasing we're freebasing that free market shit let me read you something too about something we were talking about this is from a forbes article i'm gonna read you a quote um and the person that they reference here is an economist um this is from forbes uh it's about every major gig company has now raised prices after prop 22 in california and this is uh from last month so quote Customers have been experiencing artificially low prices because of venture capital subsidies, Dubal, who is the uh, the um, analyst, told Forbes. Quote, we've known for a long time that service fees were going to have to go up because for the entire business model is based on capturing the market, addicting customers to the service, and then raising fees. So <laughs> this is just like from someone, you know, the end of, end of quote, obviously. Like, that's the way it works. Like, right. we're all addicted to this cheap shit right. that is cheaper, is only cheap because people are losing money on it. Like, right. none of this works inherently. There's right. no in- internal logic. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I mean, exactly. that's like a shocking thing to sort of say. We've with. just become so used to it, though. Yeah. And I think, like, to bring it back to, like, the, the Prop 22, right? The thing is why it's, like, so interesting, and people talked about this when it happened, but now we're starting to see it happen in reality is that like a bunch of other states and companies that are using that prop 22 legislation to like essentially export like and essentially validate the gig economy to other places we in there's a bloomberg business week article that um, we're referencing here um that came out about a week ago but one of the things it talks about is yeah, I'm going to quote from it here, but, like, this was after Prop 22 passed. Um, you know, quote, employees in related fields are already feeling knock-on effects. And they mention Al- Albertson, which is a it's a supermarket chain um, located in California, but it also has, like, um, locations elsewhere. And they took, like, the Uber model to say that, like, some of their, like, um, workers, they laid them off and were replacing them with um with gig workers for what it's worth they said that they they gave those workers like other jobs like in the system but you can see why like if you're a company right like and you have the opportunity to say okay you can just like have people work for you but like no longer have to pay like any of the benefits or deal with any of the other like complications around yeah, firing them, them you're like, gonna you do like it like you peel a few bucks off your roll and you hand it to them and then they're gone like you know, it's like it's like fucking like some like dust bowl shit. Like right. you get a few guys like you go to the you go to the tramp or the, the the tramp camp. You go to the tramp camp where like a, a couple guys are warming their hands around a, a fire in a trash can, and you say like I need I need five guys to unload boxes, and you point them out. They come, right. they do the job, you give them the money, and they're gone. Like it's sort of like well, where we're getting back. Not to, to be it's so like, grim, but it's like I mean, you know yeah, the I the mean, stereotype of like. I'm from Texas, so maybe this is more resonant to me, but it's like you go to Home Depot and like yeah, the you wait for like the Mexican like dudes smoking cigarettes lot, outside yeah. because you know they're not gonna like they're not gonna ask for more than like <laughs> three bucks to do your I mean, thing. F- this is like becoming everyone economy, now, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. 
it's troubling. I mean, and I think it's something that we all need to be sort of vigilant of. And I think it's something that, you know, what little we do have, we take for granted in terms of like our position as workers and our position as employees. Like we do have a type of, um, a type of uh, some power and some sway, but it comes in our like sort of mutual recognition and like understanding uh, it, it it works as a block. You know what I mean? Um, and there's only so much we can do, but like, especially when it comes to like laws like these, yeah. but well, it also comes off of like, just like having laws that sort of protect you from this in, in some degree. And like one thing that's mentioned in this Bloomberg article is that not only are companies trying to follow the model of like prop, prop 22 that was ushered in by uber but a lot of other states in the united states are looking to like essentially yeah. copy and paste that same Absolutely. legislation if you want to talk about i know you've been following this a bit joan if you want to talk about how that's been working out well yeah there's a lot of states that want to do it that want to like essentially do this <laughs> well do the same thing but um california is unique because they have this prop model where like they can just throw something on a ballot like, they're also the heart of silicon valley which is well, like yeah, you know exactly. like, this is, it's and, like the belly of the yeah, beast that's a very good point <laughs> but they also have this weird situation where like you can just get a plebiscite on the ballot where people go to like elect the fucking governor and the judge and then they say they see a yes or no on like x or y matter and it's like a simple majority wins the fucking field so in new york for instance i know a lot of like a lot of tech companies have been trying to bring the prop 22 success because by the way prop 22 which is the you know the the proposition the law that codified this sort of uber drivers and gig workers are strictly contractors not workers that codified that new dynamic in california um like a lot of people have been a lot of people in that industry in tech and and in in the gig economy um who are the impresarios of this of this system have been trying to bring it to places like new york which is like obviously one of the next biggest markets but it's been much more difficult because you can't just put a prop on the ballot and see if, right. if people will put put it over by 50 percent, right. you know. And granted, in New York, it won by like 50 or sorry, in California, it won like 59 percent of the popular vote. It won a hu- it won by a huge margin. Right. Um, so, you know, you have to actually get the shit through legislatures, um, which is more difficult in other parts of the country, like especially in New York, where granted, you know, we, you know, in Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who, um, you know, I, I'm not interested in necessarily, uh, um, what do you call it when you make someone a saint? Um, um, idealize, idolizing them? or There's another word. Canonizing. Okay. Um, but she was, like, really instrumental in preventing fucking Amazon from bringing their wretched, like, new facility to Long Island City and stuff like that so like there is more people are more canny and they're more resistant to these types of like you know slick plays by like these tech companies right so we'll see what happens well but so i mean so yeah there is like there's a couple things where it's like yeah this those same companies uber like and and lyft and doordash and anyone else they're trying and this is true and there's evidence of this that like they are trying to like lobby and like write like laws in states to like change the laws but at the same time and this is also noted in the in the Bloomberg piece, what they're doing as well that's actually more effective is that rather than go towards, like, the legislative ang- angle, a lot of them are directly lobbying with, like, union groups directly because yeah, they're, like... Yeah, bargain, yeah. Yeah, and they're saying, like, essentially laying out this, like, ultimatum where it's, like, listen, 
you know, do like if this is just going to be the reality where it's like we're gonna have gig workers, like why don't you go ahead and work with us so that like you're not totally fucked? And like that's a horrible bargain. <laughs> yeah, it's like but, gun in your mouth. Do you want to work with us? But as this as this article notes, a lot of grave. a lot of the largest unions yeah, in the country down. are taking that 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 proposition and are working directly with like the they are and i get it because it's just like unions have been laid have been brought so low in this country i mean we're at like an absolute nadir of union um participation and and political power and a lot of these i guess like you know people who are at the heads of these organizations are just trying to i guess secure what tiny fucking pittances they can i suppose if they're not being like paid off because there's a huge discrepancy between like, you know, the rank and file of a lot of unions like the SEIU, Teamsters, you know, United Auto Workers. A lot of them were very stridently for, for instance, I mean, this is the most recent litmus test. Forgive me for bringing it up, but like they were for Bernie Sanders and a lot of the and like a lot of these unions officially endorsed uh, Joe Biden this last this last section or they endorsed Clinton before that because they're. You know, there there's just a schism between rank and file union members and like what yeah. they would like to see done and the me- and and the leadership. Well, Teamsters um, specifically, for what's worth, was named in the article of like yeah. of having negotiations with Uber about yeah. Like well, that, it makes yeah. sense because like Teamsters are like you know what what a Teamster is like. I don't know if you know like the word Teamster comes from like in the in the nineteenth century is like a Teamster was a guy who like drove a cart. You know, he was like a fucking a, a stagecoach driver essentially. That's where it comes from. So, like, they're offend. They're they've always been a transportation union, um, and uh, you know they still are. But like unions nowadays, like cover like huge swaths of the, of uh, of the economy, and it doesn't really matter. I remember like one of my professors, my sophomore year was like uh, her her union like of like professors at NYU were like under the aegis of the fucking United Auto Workers. So who knows how it all works, but. Can- can I just like in that same vein? Um, so this is a quote from one of those articles about um, it's it's one of the union heads, and I don't have the name off me, but I think it just kind of sums up sort of like the where at least like some of them feel like they're at. Um, and so the preamble says the gig business model is bad. This person says <laughs> end quote. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. It is bad. End and quote. then the Sorry, the always you know the ellipses, but quote from an idealistic point of view, um, he says the workers should not be employees. And then quote, but the reality is we're not really making much progress on that. Yeah, dude. I mean, unions have been fucked. I mean, we've been we've had our legs. I mean, we. I'm not a union. I don't know what I'm talking about, but. I like to I like I enjoy the notion of a union. I think they're good for the health of this country and for people. I mean, they've been really weak. I mean, Biden has signaled that he's more in favor of them, so I would like to see a little bit more action in that respect. But yeah, I mean, I I don't necessarily blame any union leader for trying to make cut a cut a deal to get you know some scraps in the form of like benefits for their for their for drivers and stuff. But I don't think anyone should count that as a victory, you know, like getting a, a, a couple percentage points um, from Uber, like conditional on their terms of service. Like that's not bargaining power. Like I that's the, not real leverage. The bigger question though, is if, if you're, if you're an, a union member or like one of the higher ups is like, is your starting point that like the question of whether or not 
this is even like a winnable war in terms of the gig worker like we've become as we mentioned before like gig work has become synonymous with so much of like our lifestyle as like online people yeah, is it, it is it the fact that like that is just the world we are no, in now or is or not. is it that like it's no. worth well, like dude, still what did we that? just talk about what, what did we open this segment talking about is the uk where they were like absolutely not this is unacceptable so it goes to show that this is terrain that is still very much up for grabs and i think you know we cannot just like lie down and let these like tech companies establish what the rules of engagement are uh for for work especially it's the type of work that's been being done for centuries and like these places these are fucking you know dude these are fucking people who started these companies 10 years ago they're in their 30s and they're trying to redefine like the the entire fabric of of industries that have existed for hundreds of years like you know uh, just on an emotional level like that's so perverse and fuck off and it's it should not be allowed to just be to just be done to us we shouldn't just take it yeah. lying down especially when it's just like clearly anti-worker it's anti anyone you know if you're listening to this most likely is not someone who stands to gain to this i would i would assume well i think if even even if you're not necessarily persuadable on like the worker argument like what you were mentioning there before is like there's another part of this you should too, be persuadable which on is that, that like though. if you're not i don't i have to talk we have to talk yeah well go ahead. send send hit hit up uh joan on your twitter what's yeah, your you what's your handle it's Russian dealism, but I also haven't been yeah. on Twitter for a while. Well, um, anyway, but I think even if you're not persuadable Follow on that argument, then. there's another different point be. there, which is that like, essentially, these startup companies and like venture back companies are getting to like decide what the terms of like economic principles are in the United States, which should be a red flag if you care about just like having some sort of representative government because it's like you're having these private companies who have yeah, decided this yeah. is how their business model works you're letting them dictate what the lay of the land They're and the rule of the you. land is which is like you know i feel like even it's i'm not a conservative sucks. person but if you were a conservative person that should be a red flag that it's like you know you're you're not uh you're not really having any voice in your government but i mean it's about as it's about as anti-democratic as you could get like your boss who you have no sway over you could just tell you to get lost tomorrow also gets to tell you like exact you know like all of the conditions of your work come on get wise folks um but you know you don't need to hear that from me i'm not wise i don't even know what i'm talking about i'm just sitting here yeah you got that vaccine you're the opposite of well, wise i am vaccinated so <laughs> i might outlive all of you but that doesn't mean i'm i'm a smart one just i have a you know have a suppressed immune system um but it's been enough to keep these dot these damn uh these damn bugs out of my system until now, keep all the dum-dums away from me. <laughs> no one can suppress my opinions. Um, so that all that being said, Mac, I mean, do you want to put a, do you want to put a bow on it? Put a pin in it until next week. What do you say? Sure, it sounds good. Sounds good to me. Sound good to you. All right. Well, um, I guess we'll sign off from there. Yeah, we'll sign off. Make sure, um, you know, guys, if you've been listening to us so far at this point on Apple, please give us That's a subscribe. Right. You know, please give us yeah. that five stars. Please give us a rating on Apple Music. Subscribe to us on Apple or whatever. Um, I don't know. Are we on Spotify? Tell your dad. Tell your tell mom. Tell your dad. Tell your mom. Just go on their phone and do it. Go to like your local really local elementary school and play it on your speaker. Don't do that. Do it. But no, you can do that if you want. 
Uh, there's a lot of things you can do, and if and if you do, you know, you might get some merchandise from us for free in the mail someday. That's that's all I can say. Ooh, shit. All right. Um. So that'll that's that for that. That's that on that, as they say. Yeah. Don't you think? I think so. I think that's uh, that's a good place to end it. All right, Mac. All right, this, you're about to hear a uh, a Ready? cross mic high five. Ciao. See y'all. <laughs>